This is Studio 360. I'm Kurt Anderson. The solitude of the actual oneness of the unbornness of the unborn essence of everything. Karma? Nay! The true, pure foreverhood. That big blank potential that can ray forth anything it wants from its pure store. That blazing bliss. We're listening to Jack Kerouac, age 37, reading from his article called Is There a Beat Generation? in 1959. Why should I attack what I love out of life? This is beat. Live your lives out? Nah. Love your lives out. Was Kerouac chemically altered at the time? Maybe. Or maybe he was just high on success. But that wild eager picture of me on the cover of the book on the road, where I look so beat. Two years earlier, 1957, his novel, On the Road, had been published, and it was that rare thing, a cutting-edge work of art that was also an instant bestseller. On today's show, we are marking the 50th anniversary of On the Road. We asked two of our contributors, Hilary Frank and Jonathan Menhivar, a newly married couple, why the book still speaks to readers. But it turned out that Hillary had never read it. So Jonathan gave her his beloved copy with all his underlinings and scribbles from when he was 17. So far, I'm not entertained. (laughs) What do you mean? I'm on what? Page 109. And I just feel like nothing's happened. And he's he's heading on his way back to the East Coast because he's like failed... I don't even know what. I don't know what he was setting out to do. But I think, like, the thing of it is, is that what happens doesn't really matter. It's more about this feeling. Like, if you just give into it, it's going to overtake you in some way. That was three weeks ago. I could see what Hillary was saying, but picking up the book now, I still fall for the way Kerouac puts words together. I thought my friend Davy Rothbart might be better at articulating what makes me like the book so much. Davy pretty much lives his life as if he's a character and on the road, touring the country every year, promoting this magazine he makes called Found. He stays on people's floors, in their basements, the side of the road. When you wake up in like a little gully and there's kind of frost on the weeds around you and you just feel like rugged and, I don't know, you feel cool. I mean... And that's what part of On the Road is about, and that's what part of some of the reason people seized on it. But, but I just don't think it's only a mythic allure. I think, like, it's real. That right there, that gets to the heart of why I think On the Road, even with its flaws, is something special. There's an energy and a romance that I know Hill should get. Davy fell for the book in the same way I did when he was a kid. In a lot of ways, he felt like he was Sal Paradise, the character who's kind of Kerouac's proxy in the book. Sal was a writer... He also is falling in love with girls, like, every city they go to. Right. And, and that really matched my experience. I think, for me, that was actually one of the most powerful things about the book, Sal's longing for girls. And the way that mm-hmm. he can spot somebody in some roller rink or in some bar or just walking down the street and just feel so overwhelmingly in love that it just makes his heart, you know, miserable. Um, I think that's one thing that a lot of women and and certainly Hillary respond really negatively <laughs> to sure he's falling in love with all these women but then he's leaving them all behind do you think you have to be a boy to really understand that i don't know like yeah maybe maybe it is this sort of romantic thing that's not that cool if you're the girl that's left behind 
the thing is, it's not so much that I think it's uncool of him to be leaving girls behind. I think it's uncool that he's lusting after girls who are like 16 and younger. And I think it's uncool that Dean Moriarty, the character who's supposed to be the coolest, marries three women and kind of rotates between all of them. And he's actively looking for more women to sleep with on the side. That's your hero? I mean, isn't everyone you look at that's cool? You're overlooking some major flaw. That's my friend Molly Eigen. Back in high school, she was obsessed with On the Road. She even went on a road trip where she packed herself bologna sandwiches, just like Sal Paradise does. I guess I wonder, like, why overlook their attitudes towards women? Did that stuff not bother you? I remember being bothered by it. But I do remember thinking, like, I would be the woman that was, like, in with them. Like, I would be the one woman that they would be like, oh, I'll take her seriously. And she's not, she's not like the other women and unlikely. (laughs) I think I figured out what the problem is. Jonathan? Uh Uh-huh? I think I'm too old for On the Road. What makes you say that? Molly read it in high school. So did you. So did Davey. I think maybe it's just a teen thing. Here, let's do this. Let's go to a high school English class that's reading on the road and see what actual teenagers think of it. I hated the book, all right? I have no idea what it's about, and the writer was clearly on drugs when he wrote it. I mean, it just, it went on and on and on like it was written in a total hurry. If I handed in something like this, there's no way I'd get a good grade on it. I mean, it's boring and it's unorganized, and I only read 30 pages of it anyway. Hillary, that's not a real person. That's a TV show. It's Kim Kelly from Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, but Kim Kelly is exactly the kind of kid who should love on the road. She drinks, she has sex, she doesn't give a damn. Let's talk to Rebecca Kirshner. She wrote Kim Kelly's lines in that scene. It felt refreshing and cool for Kim Kelly to say that the book stunk because it's like you're so afraid to criticize great works of art that it's like, oh yeah, that emperor is not wearing clothes. I figured Rebecca would be all rebellious like Kim Kelly and she'd commiserate with me. She didn't? Well, she's not in love with the book now, but she did like it in high school, so she gets why a lot of teens are into it. And she still sees something in it, too. I I don't know. It's sort of cute how... (sighs) Okay, this is what it is. Like, how much of a rebel are you if you have time to sit down and type something up? I mean... You're not out getting drunk or or having a knife fight. And, you know, whether you're Hemingway or you're Kerouac or something, it's like, well, yeah, but you're you're kind of nerds because you're you're writers, really, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, At that age, also, you're sort of testing different identities. And, like, every book is a way of being a different person. Right. Hillary, I think I just want you to see what the high school me would have been moved by. It's hard when somebody you really care about just doesn't get or like something that is really important to you. That's my friend Davey Rothbard again. You know, I know Hillary. She's cool. Mm-hmm. But but I feel like anybody who has a curiosity about the people we share the world with is someone that would like this book. I think that's a terrible attitude. It's a poor understanding of the book to just think it's a barometer of coolness. John Leland wrote a book called Why Kerouac Matters. I figured he could help answer my biggest question about On the Road, why people like it so much when it just doesn't feel well written. One of the first things you learn in a creative writing class is show, don't tell. And to me, this book is all telling. I never feel like I'm put in the moment. 
Yes, we have made an icon of a book that's unevenly written. But the descriptive scene of the brothel in Mexico, which becomes increasingly more hallucinatory as they go along, Mm -hmm. I think is a really vivid scene. And that's also one of the scenes that kind of turned my stomach because that's the one where, you know, he's lusting after this 15-year-old girl. But poor Sal, he's a step slow all the time. And there he is. He's in this brothel and he still can't approach the girl that he's really interested in. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, I don't want to see him get the girl that he wants in that situation because she's so young. And so he doesn't. Right. So, you know... You can go away happy that her that her, <laughs> her, her virtue, such as it is, remains uncompromised, at least by uh, Sal Paradise. Touche. But also, don't think of it just as Dean's book. I mean, it's easy to read the book as this uh, celebration of men behaving badly. But Sal keeps himself at a distance from Dean's behavior and, and, and really is able to put it behind him. Think of it as Sal's book in addition to Dean's book. And and what will I get out of that? You'll get a, a book about the things that male friends go through. You know, they go through this sexual admiration. There's really a great love affair. They burn pretty hot, and then they get mad at one another, and they fall out, which I think men are never able to show in, in real life or in their depictions of their friendships. Yeah, you know what's happening is that is that I'm starting to like the book more just from talking to you about it. <laughs> You know, I I think your interpretation of it is making me feel more fond of it. Oh, good. Well, I'm not really trying to sell the book. That's not not my my job. I'm not trying to sell the book to you either. It's not like I'm going to love you any less if you don't like it. I just want you to see that there are moments that are great. Well, there's this one part that I marked... It's near the end, you know, when they're in Mexico, and Sal's trying to sleep in the car, and it's just way too hot in there. So he gets out of the car, and he gets on the roof, because he just wants to feel the cool metal on his skin. And he lies there on his back, and there's still no breeze, and the mosquitoes are eating him alive. And what do you think of that? Well, I guess it's this one moment where I can really feel what's going on with him. All he can do to get through that night is give in to the heat and the mosquitoes and kind of let his blood and the bugs become one. Right there, he really does what I want a writer to do. Is it okay that it makes me happy to hear you say that? Yeah, of course. Hillary Frank and Jonathan Menhevar live in Philadelphia. I'm Kurt Anderson, and today we're talking about On the Road, 